Romans 12. I'm going to read the whole chapter because it's, it's all pertinent to what I want to speak on this morning. So Paul writes, he says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body... We have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. Praise the Lord. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy, mercy with cheerfulness. Isn't it good to celebrate our diversity and difference? Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honourable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I love our mission statement. Positioning our lives in Jesus and becoming examples of him. And so we as believers, is that this mic? I'll use the other one. We as believers should be living from a new creation perspective. 
we're not modifying or we're not, we shouldn't be trying to modify behavior to come into line with, the, with that perspective. We're becoming more and more aware of the new creation that we are. And this new creation experience and awareness of that experience should then work on our behavior to actually come into line. And so this morning, I, I want to speak to an area of our lives that I, I believe that we all experience in this, well, everyone experiences. And I believe also that God is extremely interested in it. And that area is the area of dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction, I believe, is a, it, it's a symptom of something deeper. It's, it's symptomatic of perhaps unrealized ambition or unachieved ambition the lack of achieving something that you've really wanted to achieve but you just haven't got it. It's, it's different to disappointment. It's actually dissatisfaction. And so dissatisfaction can in some ways be uh, an avenue of where we can inspire ourselves and, and I guess pull ourselves up into a, a, a new fresh dimension but what I find so generally happens is that dissatisfaction causes people to blame and look for the greener grass instead of watering their own grass. The unfortunate aspect or the unfortunate thing about dissatisfaction is it's going to follow you wherever you go unless you deal with the root. Unless you deal with the cause or the actual problem. And at the root is actually the perspective of where you're living life from. And so that's why we need to address it and bring transformation by the renewing of our mind by bringing ourselves into alignment with what the word of God says by bringing ourselves into alignment with that new creation perspective not going from the perspective of works of trying to uh, modify our outward behavior when our inward core is out of out of line with, or we're not realizing the true identity of who we really are. And so it's, it's got to come back to who are you in your dissatisfaction? Who are you? What is the, what is the lack? Because I know that when Jesus gave me new life, I got everything. There was no lack in what Jesus gave me when I responded to his love, his forgiveness, and, and received that new creation, transformation in my life. Now, there is an outworking that we have to be do, do, 
show due diligence in. So, you know, when we, when we look at this, how many times has, has someone um, deal with their lack of satisfaction or with their dissatisfaction by using their feet? Their mouth. They blame others. They, they get up and walk out. They find a new workplace. They find a new church. They find a new partner. You know, Edith and I have been married um, a long time. I just can't off the top of my head remember the years, but it's been a while. Not as long as um, some in this room perhaps, but it's been a while. There's been many opportunities along that journey of where we could have been dissatisfied with one another to the extent of where we decided to get a new model. Upgrade. I don't know how that would have worked. Because both of us would have missed out on so much of the proving work of God in our lives if we would have taken that easy. It's not always easy. It's, it's that exit point of where you decide to do things in your own um, own strength and own, own will rather than surrendering and submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. There's a solution to dealing with the dissatisfaction that perhaps we might be experiencing. And that is, and this is the title of my message this morning, it's, it's called Be the Change. It begins with you. It begins with me. It begins by us assuming the responsibility of perhaps the errors or the, the neglect that we have um, allowed into our, into our lives or, or the, the error of perspective and addressing that perspective and bringing it back into line with the Word of God and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And, and allowing the Holy Spirit to empower us to actually make some change. So it begins with you being the change. To, to illustrate that, I want to I use an illustration. And, and I've called him Charlie Flop and Rich. Just say that you're... You're struggling financially. There's a real issue that you're just not making ends meet. You, there's, there's no income coming in. You, you're, just, you're just looking at what everyone else has. And so you are really dissatisfied with, the, with your life where it's at. You're broke. Perhaps you've been broke all your life. You, you've came from a broke family and maybe even your grandparents were broke. And so somewhere along the line, you realize that you've got a poverty mentality, a poverty mindset. Charlie Rich walks into your life. He's got the car you want. He's got the wife you want. 
He's got the house you want. And so all of a sudden, what happens? Because of your dissatisfaction at where you're at, you begin to get jealous of Charlie Rich. You begin to resent his very presence in the same room. And so you begin to avoid him. However, if you would begin to realize that you can't become something that you haven't seen, you're going to miss out on your breakthrough. If you can't, the realization of you not being able to bring that into realization for your life of that which you haven't seen or heard, then you're going to miss out on how God is actually perhaps using Charlie Rich to show you what's possible. A number of years ago, I, I had the opportunity as we launched more and more into um, Set Free Care and... and um, I had to make some adjustments in, rela in relation to my work. And um, we'd, we'd sort of made the decision, okay, well, let's give the business away. I, I ran a property maintenance business and, um, and let's bless someone with that, um, with that business. And, and so I had a person that I, I felt God wanted me to bless, and so I gave him all of my equipment um, and all the clients except for two. I kept two clients because I felt God told me, just hang on to them because that's actually going to be provision for you. And so he, he started to work the business and I just maintained these two clients. And, and not long after I, I, we be, began down that road, one client actually said, look, we're going to look after our own yard, um, so see you later. I thought, oh, okay, one client's enough. And then I got dropped back with hours that I was doing there. And, and you know, you, you start to get dissatisfied with the income that you're getting and you begin to question yourself whether you've actually done what God had really told you. Well, it wasn't long after things began to drop off that things began to pick up. And do you, with, with the client that I kept, I never looked at them as being a, a provider into the body of Christ. I only looked at them from the perspective of them providing for our immediate needs. How many years down the track? Maybe five years down the track? This employer comes along to a set-free care function and sees what we do and absolutely loves it. 
And he starts to ask all of these questions as to why we're doing what we're doing. And it, it just didn't compute to him that we were out here at Narang and in at Southport renting a building and, and not having this consistent flow and, and consistent um, ministry into the ministry that we were ministering in, which was the, the needy. So he said to me, Mal, would it help if I bought you a building? Yeah. <laughs> and so he did. And the journey of that is now, I mean, we, we have the manifestation of that at Rawlins Street in, in Southport for Set Free Care. And just the, the, the provision that that has just gone over and above anything that I could even think or imagine in my mindset of, of how that was going to pan out. So when an example of your desired change appears in front of you, we can learn from that. So if I, if I was so dissatisfied with where my finances were at and, and just looking jealously at my employer because he has so much, I could have got resentful of that, of him, and missed out on so much of what God was trying to show me. I remember at a Hillsong conference years ago, we, we um, were listening to the red-headed fellow, what was his name? Um, Casey Treat. Casey Treat was, was sharing how he had to keep his dream alive and they were experiencing so much hardship and, and heartache in their ministry that they began to do something that they could not afford. They, once, one night a month, they would go out to a really expensive restaurant and they would sit there and just order coffee and just look at the people around them but it did something. It began to inspire them of what they could become. See, sometimes we've got to get our eyes off the lack. Sometimes we've got to get our eyes off that which is immediately in front of us and begin to step back and take a look at what things can be in order to make a difference. Be the change. He took hold of his destination in God and began to, through seeing other people with their, and, and you know, just associating with them, began to lift him up into a whole new realm of which through faith in God and that example being exposed to him, he was able to make a change and, and just get to that next level that he needed to get to. When an example of your desired change appears in front of you, perhaps God's not trying to make you jealous or miserable. He's trying to show you what's possible. Look for the opportunity in the midst of what is happening. I truly believe that if we're going to see the opportunity and embrace it as an avenue to grow in the depth of our relationship with God and with others, 
then we will actually rise above those circumstances and we will rise above the very dissatisfaction which is trying to derail us. You know, one of the, one of the realities is, is that, you know, we've, we've said goodbye to people from our community here along, along the way. And one of, one of the reasons for that in, in many ways is a, is a rising sense of dissatisfaction in their life that they're getting what they need to get here. But I truly believe that if people will begin to look beyond the dissatisfaction and make the decision that, hey, what if, what if I was the change and just started to launch out into a whole new area of where I can serve in this house and be the change and bring more change into other people by doing that. It's actually a really powerful thing to do. Trials that present themselves through feelings of dissatisfaction, I believe, are challenges to be learned from and overcome. I believe every one of us in this room, we've we've got our fair share of trials and challenges in life. How are you embracing those trials and challenges? You know, for, for, for so many of us, we've seen this depth of growth. You know, I, I look at Dave and Cherie and, and the, the, the challenges that they've been through with their financial provision for YWAM, where they've, they've just stood in faith as they're preparing toast and butter for their kids. And bang, breakthroughs come. Breakthroughs come. Out of those hardships, there's challenges that we can learn from and overcome. And I believe if we would view those challenges and those trials as, hey, it's our university. It's our grow time. I'm currently in a, another phase of growth. Not only with our building at, at um, Rowland Street, at Set Free Care, I am out of my comfort zone there. But I am embracing the growth that God wants to develop in me in doing that. And then just to add a little bit more, Edith broke a wrist. And so there's... There's, that was just not something that we needed. But hey, what is the avenue or what is the thing that we can learn from in this? We, it, it's so easy to get all critical and, and have the poor me attitude. Or we can embrace it and say, wow, this is an opportunity for us to grow. For me, it's an opportunity for me to grow in caring for my wife. And it's something that I need to embrace. And it's going to produce a fruit in my life down the track and even beginning immediately. Some people get crushed by the difficulty that they face. It smashes, you know, all the life and kindness out of people and and all of a sudden, they become bitter and resentful and, and just unpleasant to be around. 
They lose faith. And they lose friends. And then all of a sudden they find that they're losing their happiness and their sense of well-being. Others, however, when faced with exactly the same trials or very similar trials, allow it to produce something in them which is just, you can't buy. So through that perseverance, they grow and they begin to flourish. They become more compassionate, patient, and even more determined to, to achieve that which they believe God is giving to them. But why the difference? Why are some destroyed by life while others are made better, made stronger, are sharpened, the rough edges are, are, are chipped off? I believe it all comes back to perspective. And in that perspective, identity. See, we've, we've got to know who our identity is in. If you, if you see your identity in the finished work of what God has done in Jesus Christ, then there is strength, there is an endless amount of strength that you can draw on regarding trials and, and challenges. And when you allow yourself to challenge your attitude so that you can change your attitude, that's the beginning of where you can grow. How we deal with the adversities of life is actually much more important and life-changing than the actual adversities. I can get angry and curse life and, and get upset with God for all the things that have gone wrong in my life, or I can learn from them and grow because of them and be appreciative of that growth. And I, I, think, I think this is something that God is, is so interested in because we've all seen the unwholesome um, person who's got all the, the, the short fuses and, and stuff like that in a place of authority, and it's not pleasant. It actually does more damage, especially in church circles, than, than good. And so God is very interested in the development of our character. But in saying that, that development has to come from your perspective of your identity. If you continue to see yourself as a dirty, rotten sinner, you, you will not grow in the, in the freedom of what God has given to you. We're a new creation. Instead of condemning what's happening to you or the, the circumstance that is going on around you, look for the opportunity or the lesson or insight that's hiding in the very pain and the challenge that that particular circumstance is providing. We can train ourselves to begin to look at that, that positive side. I, I haven't always been um, that positive. There, there were times 
um, as a younger fellow that I, I just used to see all the, the negativity. And I would focus on that. And I can say that God has transformed me to where I can, I can I'm now, I, I, I look for the opportunity. I look for the positive, um, the positive intervention that stuff brings to us. Train yourself to begin to see the good in the bad, the light in the darkness. And having that attitude will make all the difference in how you experience the adversities of life. Yeah, life's not easy. But what it will do, it will forever change how you deal with challenges. It'll actually shape you to present you polished, finished on the other side of the trial, strengthened, beautiful. You know, you see some people that are, you know, disfigured in their face from adversity or from trials and yet they're, they're beautiful when you look past any outward appearance and you can begin to focus on the, the incredible heart or the incredible core of who they have become through that difficulty. It's a common fact that on the days where we feel good, the world looks a little bit brighter. We're constantly creating our realities as we go. Through how we perceive things, we're constantly altering the nature and fabric of the very reality that we are experiencing. So when we, when we have that, that positive, and it's not just about positive thinking either, or positive confession, that absolutely helps. But it, again, it's got to come back to identity. When you truly know who you are, there is just nothing that can knock you off that. When you know that, that you know, my God is an ever help in, in time of trouble. When trouble comes, then what's the first port of call? Well, hey, I'm going to my God. And who knows? What if, what if that trouble has actually come so I can be an expression of God in that trouble? So, what are some of the changes that we can make? Well, the first one I, I want to give to you is a, the perspective. When we change our perspective, we change everything. You know, I, I say here all the time, what you believe affects everything. And so if you're believing a lie, then it's going to have the fruit of inconsistency and... and um, and brokenness and pain. But if you are believing the truth of who you are and what God has made you, who God has made you, then you step into a whole new realm, a whole new dimension. If you believe that failure is to be the end, well, then it is. Simple as that. But if you consider that Failure is just a stepping stone to success, 
then you'll succeed. And we're all living proof, every person here that walks is living proof that that is a very powerful principle. Because I can guarantee that you didn't just get up off the floor and start walking when you desired to walk. It was a process. You stood up, you fell down, you stood up, you fell down, you stumbled. You failed many times before you actually succeeded. And so when you factor that perspective into your success and keep success as the finished product, you're not going to be discouraged or you're not going to um, be sidelined by the dissatisfaction of the journey. Failure is actually an opportunity to grow and learn so you can move ahead with more confidence. Another quick testimony, you know, um, not long after we started Set Free Church, um, I, I got a job as a forklift mechanic, driving the coast, repairing forklifts, and, um, and, and the company that I worked for, the boss was a nutter. There were several times where, you know, after about a month, I was working there and, and um, he, he said to, he came up to me on the, on the Thursday and he said, oh, Mal, just take the van and, and go and do these, service these forklifts down at Mawoolumbar, take the van home for the weekend and come back in, the, in on Monday morning. I left on Thursday afternoon and there was two mechanics in the workshop, another one on the, on the field service and myself. I came in on Monday morning. He'd fired them all. And I saw that take place not only once, but several times. And so, you know, you, you can get really disheartened, especially when he came to me and said, mate, we're just going to have to let you go. You, you know, you're blowing out the quotes and, and um, you know, we, we, we're not making money on your work. And I, I went home, I was just so crushed. And then, you know, every time I tried to leave that place, there was this, this confidence that kept on coming and, and, you know, the voice of my wife in my ear as well with an encouragement saying, I believe that this is God's provision for us. Stay. And so we, I stayed. Looking back at that process now, I can see the fruitfulness in my life now for the ability to persevere through difficult times that I wouldn't have developed if not for that. And so there's, you know, in the adversity that you might be facing at this present time, learn from it, allow it to grow you, to develop that which Jesus is trying to grow in you to be an example to other people. Become aware and eliminate the negative self-talk. Who talks to themselves? We all should. <laughs> Who answers themselves? Yeah, me too. It's healthy. But you know that the talking to ourselves 
if we're, if we're putting ourselves down all the time and, and having an, a negative attitude towards ourselves, it's not going to help. And so, you know, in your eliminate that negative self-talk and begin to change it and bring it into line with the new creation perspective. Jesus paid an incredible price for you. An incredible price. And so let's appreciate that and begin to live from that perspective and, and produce that godly lifestyle out of our lives. So many of us are not even aware of the ways in which we limit and criticize ourselves on that daily basis. So if we would begin to identify that and just nip it in the bud or, or rectify it, repent, change what you're saying about yourself when you discover that you're saying something negative. You know, I used to call myself an idiot all the time. I still, I still do from time to time. But I'm pulling myself up now and saying, no, you're not an idiot, Mel. You're a good bloke. So, you know, become aware of the chatter and, and recognize those repetitive patterns that got you into the mess that you might be experiencing. The reality is you developed them, you can change them. As you program a, a, a computer, you know, let's, let's not reproduce the negativity in our kids as we're raising them by speaking the same negative stuff that we spoke to ourselves over them. Recognize the negativity and adjust it. Repent. And in doing so, we can, we'll, we'll actually change the way that we think. Reacting versus responding. It's so easy to react. It's actually something that is instinctive. But as human beings, we've, we have an ability to also reason. And so we don't have to just react. Reaction is that instinctive response that, you know, if you're poked with a stick, hey, it's an immediate reaction. But you can actually change your reaction that when you're poked with a stick, you can actually begin to purposefully change how you're going to allow that stick to cause you to respond. An animal can't do that though. You try poking a dog with a stick and see what happens. There's one out the front. Animals can't reason, but we can. And so responding to a situation means that you take time to think about it. Reevaluate. And actually use your ability to reason to figure out an appropriate solution or response. When you react, you employ instinctive patterns. When we come from that new creation identity of who we are, there's, there's such a value that is um, released in that to us. And so if we begin to respond from that new creation identity, 
I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new, including my responses. But I've got to implement that. I've got to be... I've got to show due diligence to make that a part of my life. And lastly, develop the practice of observation. One thing I I, I just love to do, I can sit in a mall or a a shopping centre for hours and just watch people. And... And just really appreciate the diversity of human beings. And so, when we take time to observe the situations that we might be in, we can actually get a real perspective. Especially when we observe what we might be going through in relation to the Word of God. The Word of God is such a wealth. It's, it's our benchmark for our behavior. It's our benchmark for our belief system. It's our benchmark for examples, both Old and New Testament. And so when we begin to observe our responses and, and how we are navigating a situation, it helps us to learn. And div- so that we can intentionally learn those gifts that we need to, or learn those skills that we need to learn and implement. It'll prepare us for the navigation of trials and challenges that we might be confronting. It prepares us to actually be the change. We can be the change in so many different areas, in our workplace, in our marriage. We can be the example that is is held up in front of people so that they can aspire not to be like us, not not so that we, we, we clone ourselves or whatever, but they can see the goodness of God in us and apply it to their lives and in turn grow. It's actually as we submit to the authority, the power of the Holy Spirit, the truth of God's Word, that it gives us the power to change our environment. And what I've discovered, Holy Spirit helps us all the way. We, we, he cheers us on. And you know, when you when you learn to tune into his approval and and his his blessing and his excitement, it just it provokes you. It provokes you and you you want to um, grow more and more to be like Jesus. I'm gonna finish there. And so in 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 closing, you know, this this week, you know, positioning our lives in Jesus and becoming examples of Him to our society, to our community, to our family, to our children. 
see what, how you can be the change to impact society so that we can advance the kingdom of God one soul at a time. Let's pray. Father, we just surrender afresh to you this morning. God, those areas of where perhaps we've even complained this morning about how our life is going. Father, I pray that you would bring adjustment to our perspective. God, that you would enlighten us, that we would become aware of your presence in our life. Lord, that we would become aware of the, the, the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon us for such, such a task to bring transformation and change. Not only in our lives, but in other people's lives too. God, I pray that you would encourage every person in this room, Lord, to be able to identify with their true identity of who you have made us. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Jesus. We honour you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Let's just take a, um, I, I want to just pray for Ben and Jess. I'm, I'm really quite excited about their homecoming. When is that? Saturday night. Yeah. I, I, I have a sense that just this time away for them is, is, it's just a great time of, because of that association of who they're associating with, the, the growth and the diversity that that brings and, and produces in them by, by just that association, um, I, I believe that we will feel that for many months to come. Um, and, and, you know, that, that will be backed up and topped up as um, Mike and Charmaine come in August. And, um, and, and so let's, let's just pray for them that, um, that God would just be able to get everything he needs to get to them in order to run this body of believers and, and, um, and just champion this cause. Father, we thank you and we bless you for our leaders. Holy Spirit, just in this time while they're over there, God, I pray that your provision would just continue to be seen for them. Holy Spirit, that you would pour out upon them just your anointing. Lord, as, as they have been appointed to, to lead this church, to lead this family, God, I pray that you would just continue that equipping for them while they're over there. And Lord, bring them safely back. Lord, bring them back enthused and, and just excited about the, the, the journey ahead. And Lord, that as they would just begin to share about um, their experience over there, Lord, that it would be like contagious goodness that would just, um, just flood over in this house. We bless them and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.